Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. This week, we're talking about focusing on drilling down on it and doing our best to make all of you expert on pricing properties correctly. And if you happen to have a listing that's not priced correctly, how to reposition it on the market so that it correctly reflects the market's expectations. (laughs) And becomes sold soon. That's right. And this information is also going to be very powerful when you're working with expired listings and all the rest of it. So yesterday, we talked about facts, figures, statistics, as Julie's fond of saying, we facted all of you. So now you know, again, that the market is not crashing. Now you know, again, and I say again because we tell you this all the time, that homes are still indeed inflating in value, a.k.a. appreciating. So you should be feeling very, I think, jubilant that you are smart enough to be in real estate at the right time. Now, when you overlay that with a lot of scripts and a lot of techniques and a lot of skills, you will not believe the success that you'll experience. So we're going to dive deeper into proper pricing today. And uh, yeah, this is really critical that you guys really drill down on this and pay attention because this will be the difference between whether you're a successful listing agent or not. That's right. So here's a fact. Not all listings are selling immediately or immediately with multiple offers. If you are sitting on any listing that isn't getting consistent showings, isn't getting offers, and seems way too quiet, you may need to implement these strategies to get them sold before they expire on you. Now, price reductions are back. We talked a lot about that on yesterday's show. Price reductions are back and probably here to stay until interest rates come down. Meanwhile, you have listings to sell. So don't wait to get into action. Be proactive and do your the best job for the sellers who have trusted you for the job of not just getting the listing, but selling their home. And we're going to be giving you techniques today because I know a lot of the reasons that you guys don't ask for price changes is because you're worried that the seller is going to fire you. And guess what? If you've not essentially followed a lot of the techniques we're going to be sharing with you for the rest of this week, you might very well be fired. For example, if you took the listing and you told the seller unrealistic pricing or unrealistic market time or any of the rest of it because you were not skilled at that time, and now you're getting skilled because you're listening to our podcast and you're Hopefully. listening and you joined Premier Coaching and now you're realizing you know, that you need to unring the bell and go back and fix some of the miscommunication out at the seller. We uh, strongly urge you to do that immediately. And again, make it so that you are reframing the nature of the market using some of our scripts and techniques. And if you want to have the drill down notes from today's podcast, as always, we've included the notes below. So if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Prime, this podcast is downloaded, Julie Harris, mm-hmm. on almost 40 different um, you know apps now, if you want to call it that. Yep. And yeah, so our notes are there. And in most of the apps, the notes are in their full uh, form. They're not edited. Some of them are edited because they don't give us enough room to put all the notes. And when you are reading the notes, please do also. So you can use these notes for, um, you know, counseling your sellers as well, by the way. Mm -hmm. A lot of this information, especially Julie's facts, are very 
very powerful when presenting to a seller as we've presented it to all of you. We're keeping that in mind. When Julie and I are talking, we're assuming that you're going to take a lot of the words that we're saying and you're going to immediately apply that to your real estate practice. So the notes are below. And when you're reading the notes, make sure you join Premier Coaching. The link to join Premier Coaching is below and you can join Premier Coaching right now just by clicking on the link or you can just go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com. And I'm going to foreshadow, uh, we anticipate some major upgrades mm -hmm. for those of you who are in EXP Realty specifically Yes. with regards to Premier Coaching. And we're going to be talking more about that in the upcoming weeks, hopefully. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we're letting the cat slightly out of the bag. A paw just popped out. Yes. <laughs> A exactly. paw in the bag, right? We are, uh, yes. But we're very excited about that. But for now, join Premier Coaching. The link is below. And if you love this podcast, which we know literally tens of thousands of you do because you listen every single day, you will not believe the value that is provided with Premier Coaching. And you can join right now for absolutely zero for free. So join Premier Coaching. The link is below. Jules, we have a ton of notes to go through today. Yes, we do. And this is a two-part podcast. I'll do some today, some tomorrow. So here's the big question, listing agents. Do you know all of the unexpected ways to sell your listings faster? Remember that your mission is to make your listing or listings stand out amongst the competition. And guess what? There's competition. Last week, nationwide inventory rose by 15%. New construction is 31% of what's available. And builders are throwing all sorts of incentives at buyers. With some builders, a buyer can close at a 5.5% 30-year fix. That's not even an adjustable. That's not a buy-down. Five and a half percent, 30 year fix. That was from Toll Brothers. I got it yesterday. Yeah, you told me about that. Yep. But so you were, here's what Julie's explaining. Hopefully you're understanding in case you don't, because we always have to remind ourselves there's Indeed. a lot of first time listeners. Yep. Um, the builders will take some of the money from the purchase price and they will buy the interest rate on the mortgage down, making it so the interest rate in this example is going to be a point and a half to two points lower than if, say, for example, that buyer had been going to their local lender to try to buy, to buy a house that is a resale home. Now, why does that give the advantage to the builders? Because the builders are selling a new home with which will need no maintenance, which comes with a warranty, where the payment is going to be the same, if not lower, and the value of the home, in other words, what they're getting with the home, aside from all the things I just said, is sometimes more than the resale. It might be bigger. Not in all cases, I know. Right. But it might have more amenities. But the very least, it's going to be new, and the payment is going to be, in many cases, lower than if they were buying a resale that's listed at the same price. That means new construction, especially these big national builders, have a ridiculous advantage in your marketplace. Make sure you know that inventory, uh, what's available. And we've done countless shows on new construction and a lot of drill down also in um, Premier Coaching. That's right. So here's the question. Why would a buyer choose your listing versus the one that's for sale down the street? Because guess what? Now there's one for sale down the street. Okay. <laughs> Why would a, a buyer's agent choose yours to show today when there's five other choices and why would somebody buy your listing when there's all that new construction with builder incentives? You have to compete against all of that in many different ways. So we're going to talk about 11 different ways to sell your listing fast. We'll do some today and some tomorrow. We're going to do five today. That is instead of or in addition to a price adjustment, do any or all of the following. These are mix and match. So number one, the seller can contribute $10,000 or $5,000 towards the buyer's closing costs. Kind of depends on what price range we're talking about. This can help a buyer buy down the interest rate just like what the builders are doing and lock it in at a potentially far lower interest rate than the going mortgage rate. You can lock it in on a 30-year fix that way. 
This is paid at settlement and flows through the title agent or attorney closing the transaction. This can actually impact the buyer's payment more than the price. And you can refer to our podcast called Three Ways to Achieve a Lower Mortgage Interest Rate. We did that a couple of weeks ago. So what were you going well, to Well, I was going to say, in post, I mean, you're saying position it so that that's an alternative to a price reduction. Or in addition to one. Well, the more aggressive way, frankly, the, I think the way that all of you should be considering doing it is not waiting around until you need a price reduction. Doing it up front. And doing it up front. I agree. So when the buyer walks in the door and they're looking at the house and they love the house, and let's say there's a house down the street because there's 15% more inventory for sale. So they're looking at your property, the one down the way, but the you, the smart uh, Tim and Julie Harris coaching client, mm -hmm. has actually gone to the effort of already meeting with the lender, asking the lender what it will cost to get the payment down you know, to X amount, how much can you buy the rate down, the seller will have to contribute this much to the buyer's closing costs and buying the mortgage rates down, all the rest of it, and all that math is sitting on the kitchen counter, so the buyer walks in, it doesn't matter if the buyer's already working with the lender, don't cloud your mind with extra details yep. that don't matter, the buyer's going to see that the payment on that house, if they buy that property, because it essentially is coming with an attachment. I mean, you know, truthfully, you can have that lender work with you on any property. Sure. But in that particular example, the seller has already agreed to buy the rates down, already agreed to pay the buyer's closing costs. Don't you think that gives you an unfair advantage in the marketplace? Okay, so what you've just done there is, let's just say that I'm a highly qualified, highly motivated buyer, right, which is more scarce these days than it used to be. And I'm looking and you're looking, you're my buyer's agent, and we find five homes that basically meet my criteria, give or take my price range and my neighborhoods I want. But one of them says $10,000 paid for buyer's closing costs at closing. It's in the MLS description. It's in the lender notes on, attached to the home brochure on the counter. Which, by the way, you're then going to tell them what the monthly payment is, but make sure that's coming from the lender, not from you. And make sure right. the lender's got all the disclosures. But of course, that are... they still have to qualify for that program. Exactly. But that's going to make it so that buyer is going to walk in. You guys get it, right? I mean, imagine if you were looking for a house today for yourself. And one house, the payment is $3,000 a month. And the next house, the payment is... $2,000 a month, and you like both of them the same. Aren't you going to buy the one with the lower payment? Of, course, oh, of you course you are. And not only that, but because you're putting it in the MLS description, I, the buyer's agent, who's looking out for my buyer client, I'm probably going to want to show that first and top of the list. Heck yeah. Versus just an also ran with the other four that, that meet their criteria, right? Well, so you just said something. Let's give them, make sure they're understanding. Mm -hmm. So don't put it in the, so there's two comments, two sections in most MLSs, right? There's the uh, you know agent to consumer, the flowery description that you're hopefully using chat GPT to write for mm -hmm. you. And then there's the agent to agent comments. Put the interest rate information, but make sure you're doing it legally. Uh, make sure, you know, asterisk. Put asterisk, whatever you're going to do to make sure it's clean. Maybe put an actual, it was one of the pictures when the buyer's flipping through the different uh, pictures that are available for the house. Put the actual printout from the lender showing what the payment would be with the interest rate being bought down and then, you know, disclose it. Okay. Just being very clear about that. But do put in the agent to consumer comments about the, uh, buy, the seller's offer to buy the rate down what the payment would be. That's right. Exactly. Because you want to be number one. You want to be have people clamoring to show that property versus letting it sit on the market and then waiting and maybe trying this later. Don't do that. Do it up front. Okay. Number two, seller could pay for one year or maybe two years, depending on the cost of buyer's homeowners association dues. Again, paid from the seller's proceeds at closing. If the monthly HOA is $300 and maybe a $3,600 HOA credit from the seller would be better than a $5,000 price reduction. It would at least make your listing stand out in the MLS, 
perhaps do both instead of a $10,000 reduction. Okay, so you can combine things, right? And that definitely, you know, a buyer's going to feel that. That's $300 less a month that they have to pay for the first year they're in the house. Well, let's build on that. Again, this is versus a price reduction now. Julie's getting into a little bit of the weeds, but all of these things up front are going to make your listings more competitive. And you don't necessarily have to, up, you won't languish in the market. You won't have to deal with maybe price reductions. But let's say they live in an area, most neighborhoods have some kind of, not just association fee, but they might have some sort of little country club or they might have something like that. Provided that the country club will allow you to do this, allow the seller to do this, they might pay the dues for the person to join the club or something like that. You see a lot of those types of perks in the luxury market. Yep. Um, you know, just things that you can add. Again, your mission here is to stand out to buyer's agents who are deciding what to show and to stand out when somebody, you know, the buyer themselves is on Roller.com or whatever they're looking at, what do they ask their agent to show? Okay, so you're working both sides. Number three, what you could do, seller to pay for one year of property taxes for the buyer, paid at closing by the seller. Similar concept to what we just talked about, but it depends on how much we're talking about. If the property taxes are too much, the seller isn't up for that, maybe a six-month tax credit could work instead. And, you know, you could combine one or two of these things together and do a little price adjustment if you've been on the market for a while, well, or do these up front. Keywords being if it's been in the market for a while. Yeah. So if this is a weird listing, maybe it's an expired that has just sort of some oddball things about it. You want to definitely do it, Julie just said, and combine these different things to make the property more competitive. Again, put yourself in an emotional state of walking in a house with your buyers. The buyers are looking at, they like the house enough. Let's just say it's only a six out of 10. Matches most of the criteria, but let's say it's a little bit further than they want to drive. And let's just say there's some, you know, issues with condition, just whatever. But guess what? No property taxes for a year. The seller is going to buy the interest rate down. The payment's $1,000 less than it would be. I promise you they're going to figure out ways to compromise uh, yeah. really fast. And that's what the property they're going to want to buy. You're trying to get them to have an overwhelming feeling of having to say yes before somebody else does. Right. Okay, now, number four, and I know you guys aren't used to doing this because all you had to do is be available and it would sell. Times are changing. Number four, if the house has condition issues, consider offering a decorating allowance to be escrowed at closing by the seller for the buyer. Always get feedback on your listings. If you've got a listing that's sitting and you're getting showings, get the feedback. I know you guys are not used to having to ask for feedback. Uh, I think showing time does a good job of automatic feedback. Agents, make sure that you actually give each other feedback too. If a buyer loves the house, loves the neighborhood, but just can't live with that carpet, maybe that's the feedback. You keep on getting needs of the carpet. The seller can give a carpet allotment, for example, and get the buyer to buy it anyway. I'm going to give you a flip side to this. If you offer a decorating allowance, you're a cent in a, and let's say, for example, the buyer walks through and the buyer doesn't mind the condition, buyer likes the ugly wallpaper right. and the ugly carpet, and you're saying they're going to give a decorating allowance. Now you've created an objection. And you've just given money away where you didn't have to give money away. So what I'll suggest uh, in addition to or instead of what Julie just uh, said is that you actually know what the condition issues are and you get them fixed ahead of time. Now I realize that's going to be different. Uh, that's going to be a challenge on lower priced houses. But on upper end pricing, you always got to get the house painted. You always got to get the house in, in, in tip top condition. Get in front of it. Now, how are you going to actually tell the seller what to do? Maybe you don't necessarily have the best taste. Maybe you don't want to tell the seller the truth. 
about all the plates on the wall or the pictures going back to the 1800s of all their you know dead dogs or whatever the hell it is, right? Uh, you need to have somebody come in and be the bearer of bad news to give them, you know, a um, what are they? You know. Professional staging opinion. Exactly, and that's what uh, all of our top coaching clients do for their most expensive listings. They'll pay somebody a few hundred bucks to go in there and write a list of all the things. Be the bad guy. <laughs> be the bad guy, and then give it to you and give it to the seller. That way, you've got a third party that you can blame, and the seller can get all those things uh, done prior to the house being on the market. Because if something costs, for example, $5,000 to do, it doesn't matter what it is, the buyer is going to ask for twenty, right? Or, so, or not even bother. Right. And also, along the lines of these condition issue ideas, have the house pre-inspected. Have you have the seller pay the three or four hundred bucks to have the property inspected? Have the inspection sitting on the kitchen counter when the seller when the buyers walk in, and next to it are the stack of the receipts showing that all the repairs that the home inspector uh, indicated need to be done are done. That again is going to give your properties an unfair advantage in a marketplace like this. Well, I mean, the bottom line here on a lot of these points is you're going to have to make more of an effort to make sure that you win. Yep. So one of the best things you can do, you mentioned talking to a home inspector. Most good home inspectors will do a just mechanicals inspection like HVAC, plumbing, electrical, all the stuff that usually comes out in a home inspection. And then let's say that you've got a listing. Many of you are in areas that the houses are really old, the furnace is really old. And what what's the buyer going to go for? They're either not going to write an offer because they've got in their head that the furnace is going to be 20 grand to replace and it's going to break the first day they own the house. Or on an inspection, if they are in contract, they're going to ask the seller to replace it. Instead, find out, is it serviceable? Get the HVAC service. Sometimes you can get it certified. Have that receipt ready and have it ready to rumble so you have already pre-overcome the objection. Now, if you have a seller and you're going to have situations where the other agents you're competing against aren't telling the sellers to precondition the houses, aren't telling the sellers to have them pre-inspected and have all the repairs done, the other agents are not as skilled as you are. So what you're going to, and you're now asking the seller to spend potentially thousands of dollars. And they're thinking to themselves, how do I know that the, you know, uh, potential buyer is not going to like my pet graveyard? You know, they might find it charming. We had a listing. I know we had a listing like that. Yeah. And that is what the seller said too. And it was in the front yard. True story. Okay. But that aside, um, you know, you're going to have to say then, Mr. Seller, I'll tell you what, I will uh, cover the cost of the, of the inspections. Uh, I'll reimburse you at closing. It's going to be a thousand bucks, but if the commission makes sense, get it done. That way you get the property sold. So you're not coming out of pocket yourself, Mr. Listing Agent, Mrs. Listing Agent. You're reimbursing the seller at closing once the property actually closes. And if you're making tens of thousands of dollars in commission on the sale, then who cares? It's a sunk cost. And I'm going to give you guys some an advanced tip here too. This isn't just in perfect alignment with what Julie's saying, but my my brain's firing okay. off. Caffeine finally settled in. Yep, I can tell. All right, so you're going to have situations, again, where you're competing against unskilled or let's just say sloppy agents. I'm trying not to use the word unscrupulous. They're telling the seller higher prices to, to essentially earn the listing. And this happens a lot on the very upper end listings. So I'm going to give you the ultimate script for overcoming that. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you feel the house is worth, I'm making numbers up, obviously, $2 million, even though the market uh, is telling us that it's worth, say, $1.75 million in this market. Don't say my CMA. Don't say me. My price. My price. Yeah. Don't say, you know, unprofessional things like that. So, Mr. Seller, I completely agree. Why you feel your gold-plated uh, toilets <laughs> and, and, and your, you know, your shag carpet make the property worth, you know, $2 million 
even though the market is suggesting that it's worth 1.75 million. But I can see why, because you know you do have a great backyard and the location in the neighborhood is perfect. I mean, you do have a lot of things going for you that don't reflect in a CMA because the house has a lot of unique qualities. This is you not arguing with the seller. And not making the seller wrong about price and not putting you in a position where the seller is just going to say, I'll list it with the other person that told me a higher price. So Mr. Seller, let's do this. Let's make it so that when the buyer's agents come through with their buyers, if their buyers feel there's a price issue, let's really get way ahead of this problem. Let's put, let's get the house appraised and you can even choose the appraiser. I don't even care. You choose the appraiser. The appraisal will cost maybe 500 bucks or something like that. Let's get the property professionally appraised and let's leave the appraisal on the kitchen counter or you can give them a list of three appraisers. It doesn't really matter, but they're going to want to choose their own anyway. So just bear in mind what I just said. You choose the appraiser. We'll leave the appraisal sitting on the kitchen counter. That way, when somebody comes in and they're debating the value of the property, because their CMA is going to show what you know ours did, essentially that the market thinks it's worth 1.75, even though you think it's worth 2 million. Again, I'm, I see why you think it's worth that. I'm on your side, Mr. Seller, just to be clear. But let's have a CMA, I'm sorry, an appraisal, not a CMA, an appraisal from a licensed appraiser. Appraisers, I'm doing you a big favor right now, so make sure you give us a five-star. You're welcome. Make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Yeah, so, and that'll be sitting on the kitchen counter. That way when the buyer's agent comes in and they're being skeptical about price and the buyer's being skeptical about price, and maybe even they're thinking, well, they're going to just negotiate just for the sake of negotiating. They're going to see the appraisal sitting right there. They're going to know what the appraisal, a professional appraisal, or a recent one thought the property was worth. And obviously, they're going to say, well, why would the seller take any less than what the appraised value is, yep. considering this appraisal is only 90 days old? And I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Seller. I'll cover the cost of the appraisal. I'll reimburse you at closing. Now, here's what you're going to discover. Hopefully, you understood the whole technique, because what you're doing is you're removing a whole bunch of objections. You're not going in a combative mode with that seller, but here's ultimately what's going to happen. Not once will the seller agree to do that, but they will list it with you at somewhat of a compromise on price. But what you're showing them is you're allowing them to win and you're giving them an opportunity to you know, like move forward with you in a non-confrontational way. Remember we told you guys yesterday a lot of psychology. You see what I'm doing here? And so here's what you say, Mr. Seller. Listen, I appreciate the fact, again, that we're going to put the house for sale at 1.85, even though the market is suggesting it's worth 1.75. Again, I'm completely an advocate of your property and the price. I completely agree and understand and appreciate where you're coming from. But let's do agree to this. After two weeks or 10 showings, adjust accordingly, but don't go past 30 days, uh, agents. After two weeks or 10 showings, if we don't have a written verified offer on this property, that we will agree to reposition the house in the market so that it correctly reflects the market's expectations. Now, what we'll do is today's data is this, in two weeks it's this. So in the next two weeks, depending on the market activity, showings, no showings, feedback, no feedback, then we're going to adjust accordingly based on what uh, the market activity is to the price that the market is uh, telling us it needs to be positioned at. You notice what I didn't say in all of what I just said? I didn't say lower the price. I didn't say my price. I didn't say my CMA. I didn't give the seller any reason to hate me. 
<laughs> or not hire you in the first place. Right. And I'm allowing them to have the win of listing it at a slightly higher price. And then you're putting an end date when the price is going to be adjusted. Now, if the market in your market gets really uh, a lot of, you know, frankly, downward pressure on pricing, then what you're going to need to do is get a price reduction form signed when you get the listing contract signed with that date in the future with a new price. But generally speaking, you're just going to have to have the understanding and then do write on the listing contract so the seller has it in front of them that the price will be reviewed for repositioning on this particular date. Okay, so just so you know, you went way advanced on that. And some I of did. them are having their heads spin that you could possibly get a price reduction signed at the same time you take a listing. Holy cow, people actually do that. Most of you are not in a market like that just yet. There are probably some of you listening where you have had a lot more inventory. You know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Austin and Dallas are being particularly hit with a lot of price reductions right now. So if you live in those areas and you're seeing a lot of price reductions and a lot of competition, more listings coming on the market, then maybe it is time for you to polish your skills that way. It's something we teach in Premier Coaching. You don't have to figure it out on your own. But don't be afraid of actually becoming the best version of yourself as a real estate practitioner, guys. Don't be afraid of learning the scripts and skills because it gives you an unfair advantage in the marketplace because <laughs> you know how to do things, say things that other agents don't. And ultimately, isn't this what's best for the seller? You know, it's so funny. Our coaching clients often will hear things when, they're, when they have been competing and they want a listing. The seller client will say, you were so much more professional. You took so much more time with me to explain the strategy. I can't believe the difference between you and this other agent I talked to. One of our clients said that the competing agent's plan was to make candy wrappers <laughs> and to put them out throughout the neighborhood and do one open house and that should do the trick. Well, let's be honest. It may have been damn good candy, Julie. Well, I didn't ask. But. I'm not sure how candy sells a house. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> neither was the seller is the point. Yeah. And so the agent got hired. Okay. So uh, last but not least for today, and we'll have more points tomorrow, pay for two years of a home warranty for the buyer. For years, you guys were deleting the home warranty on the buyer side because you didn't want to have one extra thing for the seller to shoot down. Well, now if the shoe is on the other foot and you're the listing agent, What's going to make the listing stand out? Pay for one or two years of the home warranty. Make sure it's included in the comments. This is a pretty inexpensive perk, costing about 450 bucks for a year of coverage with most warranty companies. In many markets, it's not offered by the seller. For years, it wasn't even asked for by the buyer, lest they lose the bidding war. So make sure you put it in the MLS comments if you do offer this incentives incentive. I would do that one on top of some of the other things, and I would especially use that if my listing was maybe older and had older appliances or something that would potentially be an objection during a showing. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it because, you know, it's, it's, What's that? well, they should get a commission on that. And don't they, doesn't AHS, for example, they pay do. A I don't know about all of the, I mean, we used AHS for years yeah. and yes, you should. I and mean, why not? And it flows to the, the escrow title company, right? Yes. And I don't know what the commission is nowadays. Do you? It used to be 60 bucks, but I don't know what it is now. It's got to be more. Somebody can put it in the comments. Right. Yeah. Put it in the comments. But yes, when you sell a home warranty, you're the one that initiates the sale. Then you're going to get the commission on that sale. In addition to your you know, real estate commission, in addition to your, hopefully you're charging a processing fee and all the other things we teach you in Premier Coaching. Yes. Okay. So a couple of other caveats to that, especially my higher volume, higher unit uh, listeners. When you use the same home warranty company and you do multiples in a year, and you have some issue that gets shot down, pre-existing condition, no, we're not going to cover all of that cost, and you call them, they will look up how many warranties you have sent to them, 
and many times they're going to help you out on those unique situations. That's number one. Number two, I don't know about all of them, but I know with American Home Shield, when you take a new listing, you can put in place that listing coverage at the time you take the listing. Okay, this is super important. And Listen also advanced. <laughs> advanced. But say, so drill down on that. So you can actually, when you list the property, you have the seller, um, you you put the home warranty on the house. I don't even think I have to pay for it then. They just have no, to they pay for it, for it at closing. closing. Right. So it doesn't cost the seller anything to agree to put a home warranty on it. And then the home has an AHS warranty on it while the property is listed. Then you have the property inspected. And if there's any things that are covered by the home warranty, as there's all the inspection, there's the home out. warranty will cover the cost, will cover the repairs to the property. That's brilliant. Yes. I mean, honestly, even, and they don't always cover 100% of what it is, but who cares? A dollar is more than spending that dollar, right? So it can offset some of those things. That's, I really like that one on houses that are like 10, 15, 20 years old, where probably there's nothing wrong and something unusual might come up. They can't say it was pre-existing conditions, uh, but look into it. If you call your uh, warranty rep, they'll walk you through that. And all of this is on the FAQs on all the different um, warranty websites. Again, this is in the category of stuff you guys haven't had to deal with because who wanted to include a home warranty seller didn't have to before? And why would a buyer ask for that? Because they could lose the deal over it. Well, exactly. So again, you are listening to the number one uh, real estate agent podcast in at least the United States. You're learning things that other agents don't know. Have you noticed now that you're feeling more excited? You're feeling more motivated. Take this information, get off your duff, step away from your keyboards and go out and find a seller to frankly, you know, show off your new uh, found information, your newfound knowledge. Or apply all of these things to your existing listings. If you don't have showings on your listings today or this week, you have a problem. You do. And by the way, we do have in Premier Coaching, you wrote this years ago, but what is it? The, the um, seller's 12-week communication plan. Yeah, exactly. And the seller's 12-week communication plan is just what it says. Uh, it tells you exactly how you should be communicating with the seller for the first four months of having that listing. And it's not too late if you are now three, you know, a month into your listing or even three months into your listing, apply the seller communication plan urgently. The number one reason a seller is going to fire you is because, well, A, you didn't get the property sold, but B, because you didn't communicate with them. You can have a listing for a long period of time. And let's say you're just in some loopy market where things do sit on the market for a while, price, condition, location, whatever is working against you. But if you communicate with that seller and you follow our 12-week seller communication plan and they actually believe that you're actually doing what you promised you would do, mm -hmm. they won't fire you. Yes. I'll give you my best example ever in all of my coaching calls, which is many, many, many coaching calls over the years. 100,000, 200,000 And, and I remember this because uh, client's name was Taryn. I can't remember her last name now. She lived in White Plains, New York, right? Kind of a bedroom community to um, you know New York City out in the country, and she had a listing. I kid you not, this has got to be an all-time record. And I don't recommend keeping it this long, but go, Taryn, for actually making it to the finish line. Not one, not two, not three years. She had a listing for nine years, wow. off and on, okay? Now, so what would happen is they would try and sell it. This was in one of those areas in New York that had just massive property tax, and there was no way to argue it down. That was always the feedback. On top of that, it was a little bit out in the country. Every time it would snow, it'd be hard to get to the house. So they'd list it in the spring, try and sell it that year. And then by the time we got through the summer and it was snowy, they'd take it off the market because they knew they wouldn't get any showings anyway. Okay. So started at $2 million. By the time she sold it, because she had good communication is the point. That's why I'm tying it to our last point here. Great communication. Talked to the seller. They talked about the property tax issues. She got feedback. Put it down. Finally, it closed 
for one million. Listed at two, nine years later, sold for one to the buyer that finally saw the value in getting you know what the house did have going for it, got over the property taxes, because now it's gonna be valued at a million, and she got to the finish line. Why? Because she had good communication. The point of being a listing agent is to have the listing when it actually sells. That's the big secret, by the way, of being a successful listing agent. Have the listing when it sells. You know, I was thinking as you were describing that, that seller probably paid like a hundred grand for that property. Well, they're probably still fine, right? Still just, yeah. I know. All right, guys. So listen, that was today's show. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Please do scroll down. Use the notes below. Join Premier Coaching at premiercoaching.com. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.